VIP. Did you hear what I said? Everyone in this room is a very important person. And I didn't even have to ask for amen. You all are ready to say amen to that. I think you like that. And there is, Mark took a little thunder, but that's okay. Let it thunder often. That I, there is also a, a special VIPs here this morning. And I want to introduce my son, Robert, again. Robert, can you wave? And also my, my grandson, Malachi. Wave, Malachi. And Karis, my granddaughter. And J.D., Jeremiah, David. It is an honor and a blessing for me to share the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 47 says, These are not meaningless words for you. They are your life. And Jesus told us in Matthew 4, 4, that people can't live on physical food alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is our spiritual food, and it's my hope that God will give us all a good meal this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we're here because of you. We're here because of your love and your grace and your mercy. And Lord, thank you so much for your holy word and your Holy Spirit. We pray that you'll open our eyes and give us clear thinking and clear feeling to draw closer to you, to do your will. Fill us, Lord, with the love for you that you have for us. And in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, September 15th to October 15th is Hispanic History Month. February is Black History Month. If you know what March is, would you raise your hand? We got a few people. And most people don't know that March is Women's History Month. Women, can I get amen? <laughs> and you might ask, well, why do we have Women's History Month? And in our country, in most countries of the world, women have been discriminated against. And often the accomplishments, the achievements of women are not duly recognized. And so today, I want to focus on amazing women in the Bible. And as an as a intro, I want to note the influence of feminine feelings and thinking that comes from the Bible, but oftentimes we don't see it. For example, listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 13, verse 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how I have longed to gather your children together as a hen... And for you city folk, a hen is a female chicken. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are unwilling. What a beautiful feminine analogy that Jesus gives us. In the last 2,000 years, all generations, they can picture a hen bringing her chicks under her wings for protection. And Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. What a warm example as Paul describes his ministry as a woman caring for her young children. 
Okay, now I'm going to summarize some stories from amazing women in the Bible, and I'm going to highlight some things that we can learn from these women. First, a woman who saved maybe a hundred lives. And her husband was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep. This is 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 3. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman. Now, men, sometimes we want to see the outward appearance, her measurements first, and then her mind. But the scripture says she was intelligent. The mind is first, and then beautiful. Everybody get the order? All right. But her husband, a Calebite, was surely and mean in his dealings. So here's what happened. David and his men for a long time protected all this guy's stuff. And then after a while, David sent some men and said, hey, can I get something? You know, I've been helping you guys for a long time. And this guy cursed him out. He disrespected him. And so David's people came back to David and told him, And David says, what's the use? I've been trying to do right. Let's go kill them all. Now, one of the servants went to this intelligent woman, Abigail, and told her what's going to happen. And in verse 18, it says, Abigail lost no time. Soon as she heard what was going down, she started gathering all kinds of food together, putting on donkeys, having the donkeys go to meet David before he and his men come to kill everybody. And listen to verse 23. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, My Lord, let the blame be on me alone. Let your servant speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is Fool. And folly goes with him, but as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. Verse 32, David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. If you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. Now when she did this, she didn't tell her husband. Verse 36, when Abigail went to Nabal, he was in a house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk. Do you talk about something very important with a person drunk? So listen, she, so she told him nothing until daybreak. Then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all these things. And his heart failed him. He became like a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. Now, David found out about this, and he liked Abigail. He said, would you like to be my wife? Listen to what she said in verse 41. She bowed down with her face to the ground and said, Here is your maid servant, ready to serve you and wash the feet of of my master's servants. What an amazing, humble, intelligent, beautiful woman. Now change gears 
And I want to tell you a story about a woman who was a widow and she gave up hope. She had no hope. She was ready to die with her son. She was so destitute, they had nothing. And you think about there's no refrigerator, there's no food in the cabinet, there is absolutely nothing. She's ready to die. <clears throat> this is 1 Kings chapter 17. I'll start at verse 8. When the word of the Lord came to him, this is Elijah, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. Picture now, here's a widow gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little, jug, a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you said, but first make a small cake of bread for me and bring what you have and make what you have and bring it to me. If you were this woman, you don't know this man. You're, you prepared your death. You only have a little flour and a little oil for a little bread, and then you and your son are going to die. And this stranger says, oh, okay, you have some? Give it to me. What would you say? I don't know you. Who are you, you know? Get out of my face. I'm getting ready to die with my son. Listen to this woman who's an unnamed widow. Then <clears throat> he goes on to say, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day, until the, the, day the Lord gives rain on the land. Verse 15, She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and a jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Isn't that amazing? Now, the Bible doesn't say, as she was taking out the flour, did more flour disappear? Or did she go to bed, and the next morning she woke up and it was there? We don't know. We just know it said it didn't run out. What an amazing woman of faith and obedience, unnamed widow. Now I want you to meet a woman who almost no one knows, but she might be the bravest person in history. And she was smooth on the count of three. I want everybody to say smooth. One, two, three, smooth. Actually, do it with your hand gesture now, all right? One, two, three, smooth. She was, she was smart, and she was smooth. She was street smart. And here's what's going on. Israel is being oppressed by the king of Canaan, and the commander of that army is Sisera. And um, uh, Deborah, Deborah 
is both a prophetess and a judge. And she's the only one in the Bible except for Moses that was both these things. And she goes find this guy named Barak. She says, Barak, go get 10,000 men and I want you to fight against uh, Sisera. So I'm going to read to you what, what he said. This is Judges chapter 4. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. And verse 9, very well, Deborah said, I will go with you. But because the way you're going about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. Now, verse 14, and uh, excuse me, verse 15. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera abandoned his chariot and fled on foot. Verse um, 17, Sisera fled on foot to the tent of Jael. Jael went to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she put a covering over him. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone there, say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the tent peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Verse chapter 5, verse 24, listen to this. Most blessed of women, B.J.L., the wife of Heber, the most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She stuck Sisera, she crushed his head and shattered and pierced his temple. Isn't that amazing? Now, uh, so you can get a real feel for this, what I just read. Two people have volunteered, and I'm one, and my wife is the other. But it's more risky for me, okay? JL, JL. Says, Sarah, my lord, come into my tent. Don't be afraid. Nice animal skin you have here. You're welcome, my lord. You're safe. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty. Can you give me some water, please? I have something better. How about organic goat milk? You are very kind. You're welcome, my lord. Thank you so much. You're welcome, my lord. And, and, and uh, I forgot my part, sorry. 
Uh, so if somebody comes, please tell them no one's in the tent, okay? I will not tell at all, my, my Lord, you are safe with me. Just lie down and rest. Okay. He's sleeping, I think he's sleeping. Sounds like my husband. I'm going to be very quiet. Okay, let's give Rumbi a hand for her good acting. And, and also a hand for not killing her husband. <laughs> Honey, just leave that there. We'll get it later. <clears throat> now, Sisera was the commander. He was the Navy SEAL of the Army. He was the toughest, the smartest. Do you know what risk JL was taking? How did she know he was completely asleep or that he might wake up? What about if she missed and only wounded him, she would be killed? What an amazing, brave, smart, and smooth. You see how she set him up? Here's some milk, you know? Don't worry. And that's a smooth sister right there. <clears throat> okay, now on to the New Testament. We know about Mary, a pregnant teenager from a low-income community, and yet she found amazing favor with God. And God picked her to be the mother of Jesus. Why? Why Mary? And if you read the passages about her, I think it's because of her humble faith and her willingness to obey and serve God. Humble, faith, obedient servant. Now let's look at a woman who might have the worst reputation in the Bible. In John chapter 4, the lowest of the low in their society, and yet Jesus wanted to talk to her. In John chapter 4, I'm going to start at verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Do you know there's no time in the Bible, no place except when he was under arrest, did Jesus ever tell anyone directly that he was a Messiah? Who did he pick to make this statement to? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? 
they came out of the town and made their way toward him. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. God used this immoral woman to bring people to Jesus. Never let anything in your past hold you down because when you're with Jesus, it's a new day. What an amazing woman. Matthew chapter 15 tells us about a woman who wouldn't give up. And I don't know about you, but I like being around people who don't give up. <clears throat> Starting at verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out. She wasn't just saying, excuse me, excuse me. She was crying out. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. This is a desperate mom. Verse 23, Jesus did not answer a word. She's crying out. Jesus didn't say anything. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. It's going on over and over again, this desperate woman to help her daughter from demon possession. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Here again, he's not affirming her wanting to do what she wants. So does she give up? The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. She's not getting a good answer again. As she finally said, all right, I just got to go home and deal with this on my own. She responds affirming him. She said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed on that very hour. What? And you know, she's not Jewish, she's from a pagan background, but she heard enough about Jesus that caused her to believe he can help her. And she wasn't going to go away without that help. What an amazing woman for us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear about a new business, I wonder, where did they get the money to start the business? Or when I see political candidates on TV, I wonder, well, who paid for these ads? Well, do you know, 2,000 years ago, there was a group of 13 men, and they walked around from place to place, and I wonder, how were their daily needs met? You know, did, and uh, so a lot of times, I don't know if you don't think about this, but this is uh, Luke chapter 8, and uh, what a wonderful story here in these three verses. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. And also some women who have been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons came out. 
Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, that's three women, and many others. These women, everybody repeat that after me, these women. One more time, these women. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, you know, Jesus could have said to the 12, hey, fellas, money's getting a little low. Father, tomorrow, instead of having figs on the tree, could we have some money? And the disciples would have been excited about this. I'm going to apply this one to my life. I'm going to remember this one. And then following disciples, generations later, would you like to have that as a way you could get some money? And do you know Jesus never did that? Jesus relied upon the generosity of these women. And I don't know of any place in Scripture where it says men gave money to support Jesus and these men. I'm just saying. <laughs> Praise God for these amazing women. Now, there are, I think, approximately uh, 10 people in the Bible who were raised from the dead. And out of the 10 that we know about, and out of those 10, I think there's just one adult woman who was raised from the dead. And you think in biblical times out of all the women who died, why did God pick this one woman to be raised from the dead? And listen to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to start at verse 32. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydia, Lydia. And then verse 36, in Joppa, which is about 12 miles away, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated as Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upper, upstairs room. Lydia was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and he prayed. Turning toward a dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Tabitha was a disciple. There are many disciples. But Tabitha is described in the Bible as always, always doing good and helping the poor. What a description from the Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but once in a while, I do good. Do you do good? Raise your hand if you do good once in a while. You know, I know you do good. And maybe, you know, besides on Sunday, maybe a couple days during the week, we might do something good. Tabitha was always doing good 
and helping the poor. What an example for each of us. I want to tell you about one more amazing woman. But she's not from the Bible. She's from Zimbabwe. And that's my wife. <clears throat> Rombizai Lisnet Chikaka Eshman. And she is an amazing woman. And I love her. And I thank God for her. And I could tell you so many stories about her, but I would get in a lot of trouble at home. So I'm not going to say anything. Honey, my lips are sealed, okay? Until another time, maybe, all right? Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for all the amazing women in the Bible. Help us to be like them, wise and humble and brave and persevering and people of faith who seek to serve and obey you by loving and caring for those in need. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to to encourage you, those passages that are in your bulletin, to to go back and read the whole story. I did a summarize, a summarization. So go back and, and read the whole story and to see how God can speak to you from these amazing women. Amen.